Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rap Party, where we dive a little deeper into Sunday's message. Pastor Ray here this week with Pastor Luis. Hello everyone. He continued our series, In Plain Sight, where we're looking at Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus Christ, specifically looking at where he points to the Old Testament to show how Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, So, Pastor Luis, remind us what your message was about today. It was a fun one, right? (laughs) It was a joyful one. So, I covered the passage in Matthew 2 that talks about um, the slaughter of all the male children, uh, around, of course, the, the time of the escape of Jesus when he went to Egypt and Herod, feeling tricked by the wise man, ordered for all the male children, two and under, to be killed. And uh, he's mentioning this prophecy from uh, Jeremiah in 31, verse 15, where it says that there's loud weeping and lamentation over um, what was happening uh, in Israel back then and is happening again in Israel right now as the all the parents are mourning the loss of their children. Yeah. Um I it's something that I always like to highlight um when when I'm I'm teaching scripture, but context is extremely important. Yes. And so in Matthew here we've got several examples where Matthew points back to Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um and you showed that today how it connects with Jeremiah 31. Mm-hmm. Um and it's important not only that we understand that relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament, but also understand or or look at Scripture in a way that the original audience would have understood something. Mm -hmm. And I think it was really good how you highlighted that the Jews would have immediately looked at Jeremiah 31 Mm -hmm. and not only connected it with what we might see on a a, um, quick read through through Matthew, um, they wouldn't just see the weeping, but they might also connect it with the hope to come. Yes. Uh, So can you kind of maybe unpack that a little bit for us? Right. So, of course, we have four gospel accounts Mm -hmm. uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And every different uh, writer, author has a different audience in mind. Of course, they're writing for the larger audience as well, Mm -hmm. uh, us included. But Matthew is known to write uh, specifically to the Jewish audience who was well-versed into the Old Testament, the Torah, the Law, the Prophets. Uh, they also had oracles and prophecies passed down from one generation to the next. Mm-hmm. And so when Matthew is mentioning specifically Matthew 2, this was to fulfill what was prophesied by Jeremiah. Uh, there was a weeping and loud lamentation in Ramah, Rachel weeping over her children because they are no more and she mm-hmm. refused to be comforted. Um, you know, it refers to Jeremiah 31, but it's only a small section of Jeremiah 31. The bulk of Jeremiah 31 is about the new hope, the promise of a new covenant, a brighter future. So any Jewish person hearing Matthew quoting that's like, well, hang on. Like it's, it's not, it's not all of it. Mm-hmm. There's way more that was prophesied to us. So I'm not going to hang on just to the lamentation and weeping, mm-hmm. although that's part of it. But I can also know that uh, the story has not ended yet. There's going to be a future and a messianic expectation is fulfilled now mm-hmm. because this is the day where the glory is going to come and the new covenant is going to be inaugurated for Jesus. Um, and so 
it's easy for us again to really compartmentalize all that and mm -hmm. and and focus on this. Well, as a matter of fact, this passage often is not the one you preach right. at Christmas yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's it's you know brushed over. Uh, we think about you know joy to the world and other key passages, but it was definitely a dark time. But it was darkness before uh, dawn and and darkness before joy in the morning basically yeah and it's really cool too because this this series is called in plain sight and yeah, so so we're really discovering some of the mysteries hidden by god now mm -hmm. revealed in jesus christ and so it's just really neat the connection that's made as as the israelites were weeping because yeah. of the deportation into babylon yeah. um now the mothers in bethlehem are weeping but mm -hmm. there's hope because jesus was saved yeah. and he's coming to save his people so it's yeah. just it's neat to see the sovereignty of god yeah. and you really talked a lot about that in your message too mm -hmm. it's one of the things that we can learn from this story is that god is sovereign and that he allows suffering for a reason yeah. um and one thing that you said that really stood out to me that i'd like to hear maybe some more of your thoughts on is um, you said we need to rest on god's sovereignty not just during the tragedies that we're facing, but before and after those tragedies as well. Can you can you discuss the um, the um, I'm trying to think uh, the advantage mm -hmm. of of preparing for tragedy? Yes, uh, I had a teacher once who mentioned to me or mentioned to our class: decide when you're strong, what kind of person you want to be when you're weak. Mm -hmm. And I, I think all of us will go for tra tragedy, you know, small or big, um, hopefully small. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I've, I know a lot of people who went through horrible tragedy. Um, and the thing is often is when we go through dark times, we're scrambling with scriptures, trying to make sense of what mm -hmm. we're experiencing. We're wrestling with God. We're asking for advice. We... We're mourning, and all these things are an important part of, you know, some losses or other things that are hard to deal with. But what if when times are peaceful and times are okay and you're not, you know, um, overwhelmed with pain and anxiety, what if you take the time to build foundation, mm -hmm. a, a theological foundation about who God is and what God says about suffering and Him being in control? That way... You you stir up your faith. You're 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 firm in the faith. And when tragedy happens, you have some some place to go to. Right. Like in, in you have a theological framework to rest on as far as you know uh, reassuring your soul. It hurts really really bad right now. But I know that God is just. God God allows this for a reason. But I may not know the reason. Mm -hmm. But I know based on what I've read, what I've prayed about. And what I fed my soul on, that God never changes, and um, He's He's my light, my salvation, yeah. and I can rest on Him. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think of so many things. There's Scripture that you pointed out um, that we can really stand on in times of tragedy, and I think of um, stories that I've heard where, um, and and I'm I'm blanking on who this was, but he lost his family at sea, and then he wrote that song, "It Is Well with My Soul." Like, like the worst thing imaginable happened yeah. to me, but it is well with my soul. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason for that is that understanding that better days are yet to come mm -hmm. because God promises future glory that, that we need to cling to now. Um, 
can you maybe talk a little bit about this future glory and how joyous it is um, to look forward to and, and to hold on to in those darkest of nights? Yes, and I think that's really a tough one because a lot of people want to hang on to when you're when you're struggling with something. Let's say you're struggling with finances, where your hope is was going to be a paycheck at the end right. of the month, mm-hmm. and that helps you go for it. It's like okay, it's really tight right now, but I'm not going to get a raise or a promotion, and more money will come in. When your kids are giving you a hard time as teenagers, like well, one day they'll go to college, it's, it's going to be easier. Or, uh, you know, your kids are in their terrible twos and like, oh, I can't wait for them to be five or six and it's going to be over. So we, we always hope for better days. You know, we always hope for different material circumstances. And it's not wrong to do that. And I think there's a place for expecting God to come through in those mm-hmm. circumstances. But as believers, uh, and Paul is very clear throughout his writing, the hope of a new heaven and a new earth and the the... I would say the spiritual rewards attached to our relationship with God are greater than any material mm-hmm. possession and any hope for material possession. So when you set your hope on, I will be satisfied in Jesus because Jesus is enough. Like when that, uh, and I actually blank too, I, I don't remember the name of a writer of that song, mm-hmm. It Is Well With My Soul, but I know which story you're referring to. When he said, It is well with my soul, he didn't get more children to replace the one he lost. Mm-hmm. But he knew that there is a greater satisfaction in Jesus and the peace, the joy, um, the, um, the forgiveness that he has access to mm-hmm. that just transcends everything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. And unless you experience it, it's really hard to tell your mind, well, future glory, you know, what, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard to tell dad, hey, I know you just lost your child, but there's a future glory. Like, yeah. it's it's not material. It's not tangible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really well aware of that. However, the scripture really ha- helps us to come to grip with that and say, you know, I'm going to cling to Jesus. I'm going to cling to this person. And I've experienced in my life, there is a, a, a peace, a sense of the presence of God that becomes weighty. Mm-hmm. You know, and the glory is, is a synonym with weight. Yeah. You know, in the Hebrew translation, there is a weight that sometimes can be heavier than the weight of our circumstances. Mm-hmm. And that's the weight of glory. Right. And it starts now and it goes into eternity. So I, I, I want to encourage the audience not to be um, taken back or to be bugged down by these theological thoughts. It's like, oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. It's all theological, but it's what, what does it have to do with my reality? It has to do a lot with your reality because right. uh, there is a greater reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just thinking, um, you know, we're looking at this weeping in Rama, um, but at the end of all things, when Jesus returns to bring all things to completion, Mm. there's no more tears. You know, in the the new heaven, the new earth, there's no more tears. And so that really is something worth looking forward to um, and trying. And I know for me, um, I've not been successful in times of tragedy seeing the future glory, you know, there, it's always a fight, but, um, there are more moments within that where you realize the truth of God and, and there, there is a sense of joy that comes And And good news is that after a season of tragedy and of mourning, there is peace and there is joy that God gives us. Um, it's the scripture says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. So in, in your mourning, um, I would encourage you to seek the comfort of God because it's there, it's available. 
um, if we just can tap into it, yeah. for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, oh, Pastor Ray, that's so good. I think this is a lot of wisdom there. Yeah, I think that we we can have access to to those promises now, you know, and be confident. Uh, and I've seen people going through horrible. I mean, we have someone in our church here, uh, you know, who lost his lost his wife, and and I see him today, and I think of what a great man of God. Like I can see him. He's not bitter towards God. He's not angry with God. He is more joyful than anyone I see, and. That's a testimony to someone who has tapped into what you're yeah, saying. Right. You know, like, I'll be comforted by God and what I have in Jesus, and also the community of faith. You know, is there mm-hmm. to surround us. Um, it's it's awesome, and you know, it suffering brings us to action too. You know, people right. really Christians get active. You know, some of the greatest moves of God happened because they were suffering, mm-hmm. and therefore the people of God moved into the right direction of compassion yeah, right. and mercy ministries. So that's something not to be pushed aside as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a perfect example, one of many of how God uses suffering for good. Yeah, you know, that's that's just that's what His business is 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 yeah. turning the the terrible of life yeah. into triumph and victory. Yeah, and and to be like as a personal testimony, when my parents divorced and I was nine months. Uh, of course, as a nine-month-old, I have no idea what's happening, mm-hmm. you know, but it's tragic. It's it's awful. Divorce is never fun for the parents, for the children. And um, years later, my dad remarried, and the person he remarried was a Christian. She told me about Jesus. I met Jesus through her testimony. I'm convinced today, and that's my own personal conviction, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not in the place of God. God may have a, a different explanation for all this, mm-hmm. but I'm convinced that I would not have met Jesus, I would not have encountered the gospel if it wasn't for a divorce and my dad remarrying. Doesn't mean that people should try to, you know, take the place of God and and figure out their divorce marriage situation through his lands. Mm -hmm. But I personally think that God allowed this for a reason. And I, I thank God that this happened and that led me to knowing the gospel through my stepmother who was a wonderful woman. It doesn't mean that God approved a divorce. It doesn't mean that God was rejoicing over divorce. Mm-hmm. God does say in his word, I hate divorce. Uh, so there's really a, there's, there's a difference between what God approves and what God allows. Right. I don't want to be clear mm-hmm. there. But it, it, I, see the, I see the wonder of God too. I yeah. see really God's hand. Man, God, you, through my life, through those, all these years I didn't know you, you allowed this person to come into mm-hmm. my life. You allowed this to happen so that I would know you, so that my father would know you, so that I would know you. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's wonderful. And my response, its my again, it's a very personal response. My mm-hmm. personal is to thank God for it. Um, and I know every diff- every circumstance is going to be different for uh, different people. Yeah. yeah, thanks, Luis, for sharing yeah. that. It's, it's a really powerful testimony. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people listening, I know I can relate to looking back at the things that have happened in my life and, and with the, the power of hindsight, we can see God's hand at work. Um, and, and the response then is to praise him and to thank him as we, as we learned today. Um, so thanks for your time for you guys listening. We hope that you've enjoyed this series so far. We've got one more message in this series, uh, and then our Christmas Eve service. So we hope you guys can attend in person, but if not tune in online, we love you and we're praying for you. But for today, that's a wrap. 
Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, we'd love to hear about it. So please drop us a note.